Can we give him one more hand clap of praise this morning for what God is doing among us? Amen. You may be seated this morning. It's so good to see you in church. It's good to see you online. Uh, I'm, I'm so thankful for, uh, for, the, for the technology to be able to broadcast our services and so thrilled that, uh, that maybe even thousands of you are watching right now uh, across uh, uh, the world and across the country. We get feedback from other states, from other countries uh, that you're watching. And so thank you so much for being a part of our services uh, and thank you for being here in the room, especially on a miserable day like this. Thank you for coming and being a part of this. We're closing out a series today that we've been calling, What Do You Do When? And we've been talking about some of those, those crossroads that we all find ourselves uh, in our lives. And, and what does the Bible actually say uh, about those kinds of crossroads? I've said it every week. I'll say it again, that one of the things that I absolutely love about the Bible is that it's not just a collection of stories. It's not just the, the stories of characters. It's not just a theological journal. It's a how-to manual. It's a it's a lifestyle uh, manual. It's an instruction booklet for, for living. And so we're thrilled that, uh, uh, that we have the Word of God to give us that kind of uh, direction. Today, as we wrap up this series, we're talking about what do we do when, when God says no? Let's just be honest, guys, that this one uh, is quite often the most confusing of the group from the series. It can be the most emotional for the series. I've been in ministry now for 50 years. Believe it or not, it occurred to me this week that I can no longer say 40 none of your business years because today is my 50th anniversary of being licensed to ministry, January 31st, 1971. Is that amazing or what? That's really cool when you know I'm only 52. So, you know, that's just really cool how that happened. God has a place for liars, I told, so I better not do that. Let's be honest, guys. Over these 50 years, I've seen God do absolutely incredible things. I thought I'd get one amen in the room. And we've seen God seem like he's silent as midnight. Thought I'd get another amen. I mean, why, why does it seem like God answers some prayers and not others? Let's just be honest about this thing. I mean, you pray for a job and it doesn't come. You, you, you pray, pray for, for a promotion and somebody else gets it. You pray for a certain person to marry you and they walk away. I mean, I mean, we can understand when other people are involved because God's not going to take away their freedom of choice any more than he's going to take away yours. So God, I want you to make that person do something. God's not going to answer that prayer the way you want it to, even when their choices breaks his heart too. Because he does give us freedom of choice. But what about those prayers that don't involve anybody else? I mean, pr prayers where, Lord, I need a miracle. And, and some seem to get them, some don't. I need relief from this pain. And, and sometimes we get instantaneous, amazing, that had to be God relief. And some people live in pain all their lives. What? what? Does this ever confuse any of you guys? Am I the only one that wrestles with this kind of stuff? Let's be honest. These are tough questions without easy answers. Because the Bible clearly says, Jeremiah chapter 33, verse 3, call to me and I will answer you. I mean, it's clear. Read the New Testament. More than 25 times, Jesus said, ask. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. What you ask in prayer believing, you will receive. Anything you ask in my name, I will give it. I mean, you read those, those sounds like unlimited credit cards to me. I don't know about you guys. 
I mean, it's, is it false advertising? Is, is what God really saying, ask me, but I don't know if I'll do anything or not. Is that, is that what it's about? I'm just trying to be honest with you guys on this journey and the topic that we're dealing with today as confusing and frankly as emotional as these issues can be. The truth of the matter is God always answers prayer. Come on, say it with me. God always answers prayer. Look at somebody who's struggling right now and say, God always answers prayer. It's true. The problem is we don't always like the answer that he gives us. In fact, uh, there are three ways in Scripture that we see God answering prayers. Let me just mention them quickly. Sometimes God says yes. Sometimes he just shows up. We like that answer. Can I get a big smile? Everybody together, come on. Big smile. Yes, God shows up and amazing things have happened. And, and by the way, when he says yes, could you make sure that you take time to be thankful? Because I'd like to just make sure to say thank you, Lord, for that and not just move on. Sometimes he says not yet. Sometimes he, he's not, he says, well, yeah, but, but uh, there's some stuff I got to do. There's some stuff I got to work through. There's, sometimes there's some stuff I got to do in you before you're ready for the answer to the prayer that you're bringing to me. Sometimes when we get into wait mode, because we all love to wait. We love to wait in lines and we love to wait in the doctor's office and we love to wait in traffic and we love to wait for God to give us an answer. No. We don't like to wait for anything. We live in an age where you want an answer, you put it in this little box that you hold in your hand, right? And hit send, and it goes to a satellite in geosynchronous orbit, bounces off the satellite, searches the entire planet for the answer to your question, bounces back to that satellite, and then comes back to the box in your hand. And if it takes more than five seconds, you're going, what's wrong with this thing? Man, these are slow. Can't they speed these things up? We want answers and we want them now. And God sometimes says, you're not ready for the answer. When God called Kim and I to start the church in Chesapeake, Virginia that we led for several years, uh, it was 1979, and I came home and told Kim, you know, God's called us to plant a church. And she said, what does that mean? I said, I don't know. Where are we going to do it? I don't know. Well, what are we going to call it? I don't know. Well, when do we start? I don't know. God said we're going to do it. He just said we're not ready yet. Well, how long is this going to take? I don't have a clue. Within a few weeks, the Lord called us to the Philippines, and we wound up serving in the Philippines uh, and, uh, nine years in total, eight years in country, nine years in total. We were involved in Philippine uh, ministries, and every now and then I'd be in the, in the northern rainforest of Kalinga Payao, and I'd be saying, God, I don't get it. There's no unchurched American baby boomers in this rainforest. What am I doing here? And he'd say, I said yes, but not now. Frankly, if I had tried to start the church nine years before, I'd have failed and learned so much about myself in that rainforest. I learned how to preach the gospel and put it on the bottom shelf so people who don't know anything about the truth could receive it, understand it, and receive it. I learned a lot about God in those years tromping around in the Philippine jungles. I would have failed in a lot of people would have missed out on the blessings that's now Community Church in Chesapeake, Virginia. So sometimes it's yes, but not now. But sometimes, and here's the focus for the day, sometimes God says, no, I'm not going to give you that. 
I'm not going to do that for you. And let's just be honest, guys. That is the most difficult answer to receive from the Lord. Now, here's the confusing part. We find ourselves going, wait a minute. If God is so loving, and he is, amen? If God is so powerful, and he is, then why does he say no? Particularly when I think I'm asking for good stuff. I mean, I'm asking for something that's good. Why in the world? Well, I'm, it's not like I'm asking to hit Mega Millions Lotto or something. It's like I didn't buy a ticket, so I'm not going to win, right? I just, it's not like I'm doing something like, what's the deal? Why? Let me give you three reasons why God sometimes says no. And then very quickly, I'll just want to land on what do we do when God says no. But let me give you some of the reasons first, okay? First reason is that sometimes uh, God says no because our perspective is, is limited. Our perspective is limited. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 13. Let's read it together, okay? Can we read it aloud? One, two, three, go. Nothing in how much of the world? All. What does all include? All. Nothing in all the world can be hidden from God. What? Everything is clear and lies open before him. And to him, we must explain the way we have lived. God knows everything, not just everything in the moment. He knows everything from eternity past to eternity future. There's nothing hidden from him. That says to me that when I pray and he says no, it may be he said no because he can see consequences down the road to the answer. Uh, if he answered yes, that I can't see yet because he has a perspective that I don't have. Does that make sense? I still remember the day that, uh, that our oldest son, Andrew, came to me and, and said, uh, Dad, I'd really like for you to start teaching me how to drive. And, and I, I got it. I've been watching you and, and that piece of cake. I can do this. You know, my legs are long enough now. I can reach the pedals. He was like 10 or 11, 12 at the time. And, and he says, so I'm ready for you to start teaching me to drive. Understand that I just saw him ride his bicycle into the mailbox that morning. Anybody want to guess what my answer to him was? No, because I don't love him? No, because I do. Because I can see what's going to happen if I answer that prayer with a yes right now. Right? That's what loving parents do because we have a bigger perspective than our children do sometimes. Well, here's the, here's the deal. If you have a better perspective, parents, than your children do, then how much better perspective does God have than we? who can see everything from the beginning. So sometimes he says, no, because I haven't seen the long-term consequences of what I'm praying for, but everything's clear to him, even eternity future. So our job is to learn to trust his perspective and to believe what the word of God actually says. Proverbs 2, 7 and 8 Read it with me. God holds success in store for the upright. He's a shield to those whose walk is blameless, for he guards the course of the just and protects the way of his faithful ones. Okay, I get that. But, but Pastor Jim, I'm, I'm praying to get out of a problem. I mean, why, why would he leave me in a problem when, when he could easily save me from this problem? Uh, can we just agree that that thought might have crossed Daniel's mind while he was in the lion's den? 
or, or Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego when they went into the fiery furnace, that that might have crossed their mind, God, I don't get it, why, why don't you just rescue me from this? And the reason is that he had a higher perspective than them, and he knew that on the, not only would he protect them from it, bring them through it, but he would use them in greater levels on the other side of it. His perspective is better than ours. The second reason that God sometimes says no is because our solutions are flawed. And I think this is a huge one. The first one we kind of get. The second one can be a struggle because our solutions are often flawed. Sometimes when God says no, it's because he says, yeah, well, I'm going to answer your prayer but I've got options that you don't even know about yet that I'm going to prepare and, and give you those options. I'm not going to give you what you've asked for. I'm going to give you something better. Look at Isaiah chapter 55, verse 8 and 9. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my thoughts than your thoughts. Now, so let me just explain this one as simply as I know how and make sure we can get it, okay? Uh, because here's the mistake that we make. And let's just be clear. We make this same mistake in marriages. We make the same mistake in friendships. We make the same mistake in business. We make the same mistake all the time in dealing with people, not just God, but with people. Your solution is flawed. Your solution is not going to get you to where I want you to be. Your solution is not going to get you to where your best interest lies. But God, I know what I want. I want this girl to marry me. I want this thing to happen. I want this promotion. I want this job. I want this house. I want, I've already figured out what the solution to my problem is. I just need you to do it. What you need to understand is that God has options you ain't even thought of. Uh, and so he whispers in those moments. If you're listening, he whispers in those moments. Why am I saying no? Because I'm God, not you. You're not God. You, you don't see it all. You, you don't have all the answers. You don't have all the options. Trust me because I have your best interest at heart. Let me give you an example. Let's say that you've got a financial problem. You've got a, a cash flow problem, as they like to call it. And, and so your solution is, boy, if a, if a bunch of money showed up in my mailbox Sunday, I could solve this whole problem, right? And so, yes, okay. Mailman doesn't even run on Sunday. Don't matter. I want to come home from church and find a bunch of money in my mailbox. And God says, nah, not going to happen. I asked him one time, was there ever a time that you asked God for something? And he said, no. And this was many years ago. And she said, uh, well, as a matter of fact, when I was a teenager, I told the Lord that I would serve him in any way, do anything, including being a missionary, whatever, I'll do anything. Just don't make me marry a preacher. Man, am I glad he said no to that prayer. <laughs> Best thing that ever happened to me. Here's what Paul prayed that we would know. Ephesians 3.20, now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more. Read this part with me out loud. Here we go. Infinitely more than we might ask or think. It hasn't even entered our minds what God has in mind. Quit bringing him solutions, bring him problems and trust his solutions. I stand as living proof of that in Kim's life. Best thing that ever happened to her. Where's Kim? Yeah. 
can I, can I tell you that one of the reasons I'm just incredibly honored to be the, the, the lead pastor of this church, the senior pastor of the Bridge Ministries, is because if there's anything uh, about this church and this ministry that has brought what many would term success, it's because we have a leadership team and a board uh, here, board of elders, board of directors. We have leaders, lay and clergy alike, who don't decide what the solution is and then go pray God, make that happen. They, in fact, pray, God, whatever you want to do, that's what we want to do. God, you, you tell us what you want to bless, and we'll do that. You, you define it, and we will follow. Show us what your blessings, what your blessing, and we will do. We had a meeting with our board of directors and board of elders uh, just last week where we talked about vision for the future. And I, got, I can't tell you, having been in ministry all these years, how refreshing it is to have an entire board meeting with lay leaders and ministry leaders alike, and the entire meeting is about vision. We didn't talk about budgets. We didn't talk about business. We didn't talk about you know, hard decisions. We just cast vision for where God is leading us next as a church. And we came out of that meeting praying this prayer of unity. And I just believe God's going to do amazing kinds of things. And in case you're wondering, next Sunday is Vision Week here at the bridge. I hope you'll plan to be with us. Uh, in our services, either in person or online, we'll be casting. The staff is coming, and we're going to be casting vision for where God's leading us in the days ahead. But here's what we're trying very hard to make sure we do is we had a problem. We don't want to come up with a solution. We want to take the problem to him and let him provide the solution. We will follow where he leads. Sometimes God says no because our perspective is limited. Sometimes he says no because our solution is flawed. Sometimes, oftentimes, it's because his purpose is higher than ours. That, that may be the hardest one, or that may be the one that, that, that requires the most trust. But here's what the Bible says. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 4. The Lord has made what? 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 The Lord has made what? Everything for his purposes. Even when he says his purpose is for our good, it's still his purpose that's being fulfilled. You were put on this planet on purpose for a purpose, and he designed that purpose specifically for you. And he gives you all the gifts and all the talents and all the opportunities and all the relationships that you will need in order to fulfill his purposes for your life. And when you do that, guess what happens? You find the abundant life that Jesus promised. And so sometimes we come to God with a, with a prayer that doesn't line up with his purposes for our lives. And he's going to say, no, I, I got something better for you. I got something different for you. I, 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 I'm going to answer you, but I'm going to handle it differently than you planned. It's going to be according to my purpose for your life, not the other way around. And again, every parent understands that. Sometimes your, your children press you for reasons for, for the decisions that you make. And well, well, why can't I have that dad? Why can't I go to that party, mom? Why can't I have this, this uh, gizmo that I want? Why, why, why not? Why, why, why? They want to know why. And, and, and hear me, we don't always give them an answer. Sometimes we don't have an answer. Just the leading of the Holy Spirit. I told our boys when we were going up, you know how blessed you are that you have parents who are filled with the Holy Spirit so we can sense from the Spirit what's right for you even when we don't even have all the information. And they went, yeah, we're blessed, all right. <laughs> 
Later as adults, they came back and said, yeah, we were blessed. All right, but as loving parents, we're obligated to be sure. We're not obligated to give them answers to explain every decision we make, but we are obligated to make sure that what we're doing comes out of a motive of love for them. And that's how God operates. He is not required to explain himself to you. The Bible does not say we live by explanation. It says we live by what? Anybody know? We live by faith. We live by trust. God is not obligated to explain himself to you. He does not have to come to you and say, well, you know, if it's all right with you, can I, can I handle this differently? Can I, can I kind of do it this way instead of that way? He's not obligated. He's God and I'm not. My job is to trust his heart. So let's segue and we'll bring this to a close. What do we do regardless of the reason? Maybe it's a reason I haven't even mentioned today, but what do we do when God says no? I think there's two things that we have to do. And these are the two that I want you to lean into. If you've gone to brunch with me, come on back. If you've left your sofa to go get a cup of coffee, come on back. Uh, these are the two things we do. Whatever the reason for the no, here's how we do it. Number one is you remember how much God loves you. Even when the answer is no, don't ever doubt his love for you. Psalm 25, 10, all the ways of the Lord are loving and faithful. What does all include? All. Here's, here's what's happened. Here's what happens. And I've been there, done that. I dare say we've all been there, done that. When God says no to something that we really want, we think is best, Satan immediately starts whispering in our ears, see, God doesn't really love you. If, if he loved you, he'd have done that for you. That's a simple thing for him. Forget God, forget church, forget Christianity. Just live for yourself, do whatever you want because it doesn't ultimately matter. And maybe some of you have been wrestling with that right now and you're wondering what in the world? God's silent as midnight He's, and so it must be a no. And Satan's saying, why are you trusting a guy who won't even give you answers? And maybe he sent you here just to hear this white haired preacher say, Satan's a liar and a loser. And his only agenda for you is to steal, kill, and destroy. That's his only agenda for you. He can't get back at God for kicking him out of heaven, so he's taking second best. He's going after God's kids. So understand what's going on when Satan starts whispering those lies, when God doesn't say yes, even when you don't understand why. He always loves you. Always. The second thing you do when God says no is you trust. Trust his plans, trust his solutions, trust his purposes. That's what Jesus did. Matthew chapter 26, verse 39. After walking a little further away from them, Jesus fell to the ground and prayed, My father, if it's possible, do not give me this cup of suffering, but do what you want, not what I want. In case you don't know, that's the prayer that Jesus uttered in the Garden of Gethsemane in those last hours before Judas betrayed him, before the soldiers took him into an entire night, all night long of illegal, illegitimate trials, ending up in torture, death on a cross, 
Jesus, knowing what was before him, said, Father, here's what I'm asking for. Here, here's what I want. But even if you say no, I'm going to trust you. Here's, I want you to do this. I want you to, in his case, I, I want you to find a solution other than the one that's before us. So I don't have to go through this. Agony in his prayer so that he was sweating like drops of blood. God, don't say no, please. Don't say no. I want this to pass from me. Jesus taking on the full humanity that we experience he prayed that prayer, uttered those words, and yet he said, but whether you say yes or not, I trust you. Whether I understand your answer or not, I trust you. Whether it is the solution that I've come up with or not, I trust you. I know you love me. I know your perspective is better than mine. It's higher than mine. I know what the Bible says, and I'm not going to trust how I'm feeling. I'm going to trust what I know to be true from the Word of God. Jesus trusted God's perspective, eternity. He trusted his solution. God created a holy man who, entered, who introduced sin into the equation. And a holy God wanting relationship with sinful man, something had to be done. Somebody did the crime. Somebody's got to do the time. For centuries, the solution was to keep the law all through the Old Testament. Keep the law, keep the law, keep the law. If you keep the law, come to the day of atonement, keep the law, come to the day of atonement. That was the solution. But the ultimate solution determined before the foundations of the world is that Jesus would once and for all be the final sacrifice for all of us. He would pay for all of our deaths with his. That's the solution that solved the eternal problem of separation between himself as a holy God and the men and women that he created to be in fellowship with. Jesus trusted his purposes to redeem us back to him, to establish his church, to make a difference in the world and ultimately to bring everything under the headship of Jesus Christ. The result is Philippians chapter two. I like the way the Amplify uh, version amplifies verses nine and 10. God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name. So at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow in submission of those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue will confess and openly acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, sovereign God to the glory of God the Father. When Jesus prayed, Father, let this cup pass from me. God the Father said, no, and I, for one, am so glad he did. Because he did, I receive grace. Because he did, I have opportunity for abundant life. Because he did, you can be the recipient of his grace. You can get the abundant life and the eternal life because Jesus trusted on the other side of no. Let's pray.
Father, you know how tender this subject can be for all of us. We've all found ourselves in those moments when we know what we want, we think we know what's best. You're either silent or we know in our hearts that you're saying, no, I'm not going to do that that way. So in this moment, as we reflect on what your word says, would you cause our trust level to go up? Would you give us the opportunity to say, Lord, I'm sorry that I haven't always trusted you. I'm sorry that I haven't always given control over to you. I'm sorry that I haven't always said everything is yours. I want everything to be yours. I want it all to be yours, everything. Forgive me and give me a fresh start right now. Let me start fresh with that simple commitment. I will trust you. Heads bowed, eyes closed, nobody's looking, it's just me and you in a quiet moment. I'm not gonna embarrass you in any way, don't get nervous. What's God saying? What's he saying in your mind right now? What's going on in your heart right now? What's an area that you've been struggling to trust him with because you don't like the answer? Or you're not sure why you're not getting the answer? I really would love for you to get something in your mind before we pray this last prayer so that you can offer it specifically to him. Because every time we give him one of those things, we make more room for him in our lives. Just one more area that's out of the way so that he can fill us up again. So you got one? This private moment, just do it silently, do it aloud. You don't have to respond. But I do want you to pray this simple one-line prayer with me. It's the one that Jesus prayed. Pray it out loud if you will. Lord, I trust you. Can we try that again? Lord, I trust you. One more time. Lord, I trust you. Get real with him. I trust you. I trust you. I trust you, Lord. Father, you know what's going on in every person that's listening right now, here and online, you know exactly what's happening in our lives and you know those answers that we celebrate because you said yes. Those answers where you said, yeah, but I got to do some other stuff first, going to be a while and we're trusting your timing. Other things where it's clear that you said no. Would you hear our prayer, Lord? I trust you in Jesus' name.